Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kinsey Dazinski, a licensed marriage therapist and relationship coach, and this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. I'm so glad you're here today. To celebrate our 21st episode, I've been hosting a giveaway all week to win a $100 Visa gift card for date night, and our winner is at Emily J. Leslie. So congratulations to you, Emily. Be sure to DM me or email me with your address so I can send your date night gift card your way. Congratulations again. Today on the podcast, we are talking about when life catches you off guard. For a quick recap of where we've been this October, we've talked about the transition into marriage, the transition into staying married, and the transition into parenthood, all of which, to some degree, you can plan and prepare for if you're proactive. But the type of transition we're talking about today are the types we don't see coming. Losing a job, losing a loved one, losing a clean bill of health losing a business or a ministry you felt God calling you to, or losing the dream of a life you'd always envisioned. And don't get me wrong, life can certainly catch us off guard in both negative and positive ways, but for the purpose of this episode, and for trying to keep it around 15 minutes unlike last week, we're talking about transitioning well when things are unexpectedly lost rather than gained, although those often go hand in hand. And, because it's Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, I want to briefly share with you that part of my story, but in a way that's still relevant to you in this episode. But before we go there, this episode is brought to you by Courageous Conversations. Courageous Conversations is my communication workshop for couples happening Saturday, November 17th in Nicholasville, Kentucky. It's based on my training as a relationship enhancement educator, therapist, and coach, and so much of it is what Evan and I attribute to the success of our marriage today. So if you're ready to talk like you never have and go deeper emotionally in conversation than you ever have before, then this workshop is for you. I'll not only teach you how to have better conversations, but how to feel closer and more connected, kind of on command. It's an experiential workshop, which means there will be lots more of you talking with your spouse than there will be me talking at you. And the best part is you'll leave with the exact formulas for replicating this in your own home. So if you've been thinking about this workshop and you know it's just what your relationship has been needing, be sure to grab your tickets at bravemarriage.com slash courageous conversations. Again, that's bravemarriage.com slash courageous-conversations. So the beginning of 2015 is when Evan and I started trying to have a family. And toward the end of that year, we discovered we were pregnant, only to find out a few days later that the pregnancy was ectopic. An ectopic pregnancy is one where an embryo implants outside of the uterus, in most cases in the fallopian tube, and Because babies are meant to grow in the womb, an ectopic pregnancy cannot survive beyond 8 to 10 weeks gestation without rupturing the mother's fallopian tube. So talk about life catching two people off guard. Here Evan and I were, having talked about starting a family long before we started trying to build one. Having worked through things that we needed to beforehand, having built a business that could run without me, 
in preparation for a season of parenthood, when what those things had actually set us up for was the ability to transition into the hardest season of our lives, but from a place of health, margin, and well-being. And thank God, because that season of loss felt really long and hard. Now, the experience of grief was not a new one for me, but what was new was how much this one shook me to my core, how much it caught me off guard, and how much was required of our marriage through the process. And while I'm using this particular example to talk through the unexpected transition of loss, I know that not all of you have or ever will experience a pregnancy loss, and you better believe that I praise God for that. But I do know that in time, circumstances will arise that are beyond your control. Life will catch you off guard, and it will ask some hard things of you and your marriage. And when it does, I want you to have a sense of best practices, if you will, so that you and your spouse can move through big or small losses well, reaching the other side of this unexpected transition stronger than you were before. The first thing to know is that acceptance is key. The first task of moving through an unexpected loss is coming to a place where you can accept your reality, accept the loss, accept your pain. When a couple loses something or someone important to them, the initial stage of grief is often shock or denial. Then comes the anger or sadness. And so you'll know you're entering into more of an acceptance phase when the sadness starts to really hit you. Now, there are a few things I want to note. First of all, accepting your circumstances and approving of them are definitely not the same thing. You don't have to like or understand or make sense of your circumstances in order to accept them as reality and in order to really feel them. Those things will only prolong the transition and prevent you from facing your pain. Second of all, accepting that you've lost something especially unexpectedly, usually doesn't happen overnight. It takes some time and space. So in the meantime, it's critically important that you stop trying to fix or control things. Stop trying to manipulate your circumstances or future outcomes because all of that is just wasted energy during that time. And that's energy that you need to grieve. And thirdly, it's also super important that you don't make any major life decisions before you've accepted and processed your loss. And here's the thing, you can't process your loss until you've accepted it. And when we're grieving, our emotions have a way of playing tricks on us, bringing a false sense of urgency. And all this is, is our brain and our bodies trying to resolve cognitive dissonance and internal tension. But when we act out of emotional reasoning, we either end up making hasty decisions that we'll regret, or we make a decision that we ultimately want, we just do so prematurely before we've had a chance to process and move through our present experience in a healthy and wholehearted way. And that can create a whole lot of pain and a whole lot of unnecessary drama on top of everything that's happening for you in the moment. So here's what I need you to know. There's no rush. It's okay to just be for a moment. In fact, it's the healthiest decision you can make for yourself in that moment. Next, it's important to feel all your feelings. Sadness, anger, 
joy, sorrow, hopelessness, hopefulness, all of it. Your feelings will be mixed, and that's okay. Your job isn't to judge your emotions or feel guilty about them or try to feel different things. Your only job is to feel your emotions and continue giving yourself permission to do so. Because until we're able to acknowledge the full range of our emotional experience, we'll stay stuck at this transition point. And can I just tell you the way this often goes in our society? We like to act like positive emotions can somehow replace negative emotions. We seem to think that if we can just get ourselves to feel hopeful or happy, we'll have succeeded in conquering our own grief and sadness. Subsequently, we don't just do this to ourselves, but we do it to other people. And I have to tell you, that's one of the most ridiculous things we subconsciously believe and act upon. Our emotions aren't either or. They're both and. We're not built to be either happy or sad. We're designed to feel happy and sad. Sometimes at different times and sometimes at the same time. There's room for both experiences. It's just that no one ever teaches us how to appropriately hold the tension of the both and. We've never been adequately taught how to deal with uncomfortable emotions, not to mention our pain. And so what do we do instead? Personally, we numb out. And relationally, we check out. We use other things to buffer so that we don't have to feel real things. We experience something unexpectedly hard or painful. And then instead of feeling our emotions, we buffer them. We put them off or delay them so that we don't have to feel what hard or painful feels like. We avoid like the plague, having to connect our minds to our hearts and our hearts to our bodies and to feel and heal the way we as humans were created to. Instead, we use, we buffer, with wine, food, sex, social media, TV, fantasy, video games, pornography. So not only are we lacking in healthy coping skills to deal with life, but add in that many of these things are socially acceptable, and we've got ourselves a recipe for a lot of hidden shame and pain. And as if that weren't enough, we're isolated. Our lives are lived pretty independently of each other anyway, so all of the buffers I just mentioned are merely cheap forms of comfort because we're not accustomed to being vulnerable or being comfortable with real comfort. We're used to dopamine hits that momentarily bring relief, not actual comfort or healing. So here's the deal. The only way to heal is to feel. I want you two to remember that, whether you're walking through your own unexpected transition or you're walking with someone else through theirs. Because to deal with your pain or anyone else's with thoughts or phrases like, don't feel that way, you shouldn't feel that way, Telling yourself, at least your situation is better than so-and-so's, or at least your situation isn't as bad as X, is minimizing of your pain, it's dishonoring to your experience, and it's altogether unhelpful to your healing process and you two moving forward through this transition. So the next important step is seek support. Seek support from your spouse. Seek support from a faithful few and seek support from a professional counselor. 
Seeking support from your spouse during a time of unexpected loss and transition is crucial. This is not the time to shut down, to go inside yourself, or to lean out of your marriage. This is the time to open up, to lean on, and lean into each other. In the weeks that followed mine and Evan's pregnancy loss, the best way I know how to say it is that we were holding on to each other for dear life. We leaned into our marriage harder than we've ever had to before, and still, we were having trouble understanding where each other was. It's the only time in our marriage where we've not been able to see each other's perspectives on our own, and it wasn't for a lack of trying. And so, if you find yourselves leaning in and still struggling, it's not because you're doing it wrong or because there's anything wrong with either of you. It's simply because it's a difficult time, during which you need outside support. When Evan and I were walking through this particular season, I found my faithful few in the most unexpected places. Yes, a few of my friends and family members were there, but women who shared a similar experience as me came out of the woodwork to show up for me. So as you and your spouse look for your faithful few who can walk with you through your difficult season, Here's the main thing I want you to keep in mind. When life catches you off guard, it will catch others off guard too. And so it's okay to have people enter and exit your life around this time. It doesn't mean you can't have feelings about it. It just means it's a part of it. You may have family or friends who don't show up at all. And you may have family or friends who are actually more hurtful than helpful. You may also have people who've shared a similar experience come out of the woodwork to show up for you. Whoever you and your spouse are most comfortable with and encouraged by, because these seasons are emotionally draining enough, these are your faithful few. Now, in our case, I had individual support, but we didn't have the marital support that we wanted. See, we were experiencing completely different emotions and our grieving timelines didn't match up. In our case, grieving the baby I'd lost took way longer for me than it did for Evan, and I couldn't understand this. I felt alone in my grief until we sought professional help. And here's what seeking professional help did for us. It helped us normalize, make sense of, and put language around our differing experiences. It helped Evan realize that I had a physical bond to the baby that he didn't. It helped me realize that I was unconscious or recovering for about three full days before my body had the energy to even start the grieving process, the way Evan had already done. It also helped me realize that while I was unconscious, Evan was fully aware of the fact that he might lose me, and so the feelings of relief he had when I woke up finally made sense to me in that context. Now, why do I tell you all this? I tell you this in hopes that you'll realize whatever life unexpectedly throws your way may initially lead to some miscommunication and misunderstanding of each other, but that doesn't mean your marriage is hopeless or that you're forever doomed to feel disconnected. It simply means you two probably need a third-party professional perspective to help you stay connected through this unexpected transition, and to help you move past where you're stuck. Which brings me to one of the most important points for your marriage. Communicate consistently. Unexpected transitions bring unexpected emotions. 
These are not easy feelings to feel, nor are these conversations easy to have. But you've got to have them. You have to, you guys. That's why it's so important to learn how to communicate well now when life hasn't yet caught you off guard. Because imagine how much more vulnerable and exposed you feel when you say things out loud that your partner's never heard before, that your own heart hasn't even felt before. So communicate consistently. And that doesn't mean having a heart-to-heart every moment of every day. That means telling each other where you are emotionally from time to time, where you are in your grieving process, and what you need from your spouse. I remember our counselor asking me, what would it look like for Evan to actually be there for you in the way that you need? And that was the first time I realized I hadn't actually put that into words for him during that season. So before our counselor said this to me, my trying to tell him I needed him looked like me naming the same feelings over and over, ones that he already knew were there, when what I was really hoping for was for him just to hold me in those moments. What a relief for both of us, right? I was able to finally say what I meant and wanted all along, and he was finally clear instead of confused about what I was wanting or needing. And the last thing to remember when life catches you off guard is that in time, you will make meaning out of it. It won't happen in a few weeks or even a few months. But you'll know you're approaching the other side of this transition when you begin to form a story around it. When you've gained enough distance that you begin to incorporate it into the narrative of your life and marriage, that does not mean you'll have all the answers. That doesn't mean you'll know what comes next or why it happened. It just means you'll have grown to have peace in your heart, respect for your story, and a renewed sense of hope for your future. So your action step for today is this. If you're in a season or have been in a season where life has caught you off guard, consider seeking professional support to help you move fully through that transition. And by consider, I mean... Have your spouse listen to this episode if they haven't already, have a conversation about your next best step, and then courageously take it together. Whether you're listening out of state and could benefit from a few counseling sessions or even an online consultation with me to get you started, or whether you're listening from the central Kentucky area and you'd like to join me as your all's next step for the Courageous Conversations workshop in November. Either way, you can find all of those resources at bravemarriage.com. In my prayer for your marriage this week is that the God of all comfort would comfort you through the trials you're facing now and that you will face together in the future. I pray you'd feel his love and peace in the midst of your pain, not as a replacement for it, and that he'd give you the courage to feel all your feelings, the ones that are hard and the ones that form hope. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Love is not about Love is not a bond Love is just as fragile it is strong.